Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, ben Standing here talking to you guys on Eclipse Eve. Uh, everybody be safe out there. I know everybody wants to look at this eclipse. Somebody was telling me in the D.C. area, it's really not going to be that big of a deal based on the angle of it all. I still don't have any sunglasses though, or not sunglasses, but eclipse wearing glasses. So not sure what to do. I'd like to see it. Nobody's going to get me glasses at this point, so uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, I get to see it, but if not, I will forge on and keep focusing on the Washington Wizards. Got another podcast for you here today on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Friend of the podcast, Adam Rubin, uh, at Liddell's Place on Twitter, our, our go-to guy out in Las Vegas for the Summer League this summer, and a guy who has been a huge help for the podcast here over the last, well, really all season, but certainly over the last month or two. He stopped by with me just a little bit ago. We talked, eh, sort of, I guess, sort of a potpourri edition of the podcast, but we talked about five, the the, the individual matchup for each of the Wizard starters that we think is the most intriguing for the season. Or more, more to the point, I came up with a list and Adam played off of off of that. Uh, so I think that was sort of a fun conversation. We talked a little bit more schedule, got into more Donald Sloan conversation since he's involved and a bunch of other sort of random sidebar topics about the Wizards and life and so on. So fun podcast for you guys here. Uh, I'll get to that in a sec. By the way, before I forget, congrats to the Washington Mystics, they had clinched a playoff berth today with a win over the Indiana Fever. The Mystics have been all kinds of beat up. Uh, they're still without Elena Deladon. They really, I don't know if they've even had their starting, like their projected starting five for more than a game or two this year at the most because of a bunch of injuries. They are still in the battle for a top four seed. The top four seeds get a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So a few things at stake for the Mystics. <clears throat> They've got more work to do, but kudos to them making the playoffs. Um, it's better than missing it. So good kudos for the Mystics. Uh, before we get into the podcast, though, just a quick thing. You know, of course, we always talk about the Locked On uh, podcast family. Mentioning among, we mentioned some of the other Eastern Conference contenders here in this podcast, including the Locked On Raptors. Go check out. You want to hear what's going on with them? What, what, what are the what does Toronto folk think about their chances? They brought back Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka. They still got Demar Derozan. That's a, certainly a pretty good start. But you know, it feels like they've have they potentially hit a ceiling. Kind of feels like it from our perspective. But get the locked on Raptors perspective for more on what's going on with Toronto. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh. Well, uh, honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. <laughs> Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. 
Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay, judges? That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Woo! Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. All right, so here we go. Let's just jump into it. Adam Rubin and I talking, like I said, some NBA schedule matchups. Uh, I said matchups that I want to see for each of the Wizards' individual starters, Donald Sloan, and a bunch of other things here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. All right, as promised, the man, uh, the myth, the guy who has been a big staple of the Lockdown Wizards podcast all sum- summer, and we're grateful. For that, also a recent uh, dinner companion as he's helping to uh, show me that there are things to eat other than pizza and fast food, Mr. Uh, Adam Rubin. Uh, Adam, uh, August 20th, how are we uh, How are we doing with our summer? The, uh, the summer almost over, uh, insert cliche if I can't believe the summer is almost over, but how, how's, how are we doing? It's uh, going fine. Uh, it's still pretty slow this summer, certainly with Wizards news and slow, but uh, the other aspects of my life are, are still moving along as I wait for the uh, August, uh, the October 18th start date. So, like, in terms of training camp, like, if we're sort of giving that as sort of the start of the season on some level, I think it's like, they haven't set a real date yet, but presumably in about mid-September. So right now we're about a month away from that. I feel like we are in the official... Like, this is like, you know how, like, there's the date on the, you know, like, there's the date where it's, like, the longest day of the year in terms of the sun and then the, the shortest day. I feel like we're at that, like, the longest, we're at, the, like, the worst point of the whole off season. We're, like, a month removed from when anything interesting happened, but we're, like, a month away from anything interesting happening. Does that, does that seem right? Yeah, I mean, we're at the point now, as we were saying before, that the most interesting stories are... NBA 2K ratings coming out. So that's, as you said, that's an indication that we, yeah, we're sort of in a dead zone. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that, and I was, I was like, uh, I, I feel like I need to almost get a, uh, like, I went, I, I had a uh, Snapchat account for a little bit, largely because, you know, you got to stay on top of kind of what everybody's doing, and players are over there, and this, that, and the other. So I got on there, and I, it's one of the few times I've officially felt super old. I just did not get get that world, but fortunately Instagram put out their own stories thing or whatever, and it's kind of the same thing, so I feel content. But this whole 2K, uh, NBA 2K thing is sort of the next layer of that. I mean, the fact that this is like blown up that like everybody's ratings are a big deal. John Wall's bitching about it with whoever the guy, Ronnie, somebody who's like in charge of that, or I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I feel like I almost need to get a NBA. I need to get some sort of, uh, Xbox or whatever it is, just to get on this thing again to know what the hell is everybody talking about. Yeah, it's probably best just wait it out, wait it out till training camp. Don't even try, don't even get started. I mean, the reality—I love video games. I played them all all day long, you know, for years and years. But the reality is, if I got it now, I would just be a complete. I would. I waste so much time already in my life. Uh, if I if I got that, oh my god, it would be impossible. Well, the one good thing about it is. It's the actual players who are complaining, though. At least they're the only ones who actually have standing to complain. So, you know, uh, at least they're getting in the act. It's not other people playing who are fans who are upset about the ratings. You can at least give some credibility when the actual player is saying, no, I should be higher than I actually am. I like that Chris McCullough tweeted out his rating the other day. Like, no disrespect to Chris McCullough, but, like, I, I, I saw I, I showed somebody his tweet. I'm like, I don't play this game. Is it, I, This can't be a good rating, right? Because <laughs> obviously he hasn't done anything. And they're like, ah, that might be about the lowest rating I've seen. So I just thought that was funny that he decided to tweet that out. But on the other hand, he's in a video game and I am not. So I'd like to be in a video game. If they if they, if they they said they, I could be in the video game, but my rating was like a 42, I'd still take it. Well, these are pretty realistic now. They get crowd shots. I bet they might have your uh, your media seat area behind the, you know, the corner of the basket. I bet you might actually be in some of these shots. Oh, my Lord. If that's true, now I have to get the game. That. We're not promising anything. All right. Well, so, somebody, if, if we have any uh, NBA 2K fans that are out there listening to this, 
and you've got and and you you're aware of what's going on. Let let me know if the Wizards media section or the, I don't know the Wizards locker room after a game or I don't know whatever it is. If, if there's a guy if there's a guy there with black hair and a goatee, we're gonna claim that's me. So let me know if uh, if uh, if that's happening. I, I I was at the Redskins game yesterday and I was at the press box at, at some point in the second quarter. I was getting hungry. They had food out in the in a sort of the main common area, sort of buffet style. And I'm getting some like I, I, I'm I'm uh, scooping up some corn, and some guy says to me, "Oh, you're the guy who does the Georgetown podcast." I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I didn't I didn't know what you look like, but I can see your name tag. You're the guy that does the Georgetown podcast." Oh. So so based on that, I'm feeling bold. I'm feeling like maybe there's a one percent chance I'm in the video game, but I I really don't think that 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 somebody who ever listened to the podcast made me happy. Well, yeah, at least you're getting recognized. That's pretty good. Yeah, that can't. I was that was not. I did not intend that to be like a self-serving comment. I just meant like the, the idea of like being in the game. But it seemed ridiculous. But like some. But then, but just saying yesterday, somebody claimed to have listened to the podcast, uh, the Georgetown podcast, I did the other day. So, um, so you never know. You never know what's going to happen in this life. Uh, <laughs> is my uh, is my larger point. But uh, are are you? Uh, where are you in terms of like the, the like since I said we're at the sort of that's the furthest point away from from something happening and something you know something that did happen and something that will happen are you at a are you more I'm sort of glad to be taking this break from the NBA right now kind of get caught up on some other things and I'll be ready for it again you know you got to miss it a little bit to then like it more or are you already oh man can this thing hurry up I'm ready let's go no I like the uh... I like the news trickling out. I don't like when there's dead areas. I always look forward to the uh, schedule release because that's the thing that gives you something to look at, something to start analyzing, even when there's no games being played. So, it's, yeah, I always like getting some type of information. In August, usually we get a late August, you know, training camp invite from someone who could be interesting, I guess, so that that happens sometimes, like this Donald Sloan signing. So, yeah, to, to, the fact that I was excited when I read the news about Donald Sloan, not necessarily excited to have him on the roster, but hey, there's some Wizards news. I guess that's indicative of, of you know, the, the how how much of a lull there's been and how interested people still are in in reacting to even the most, you know, uh, I don't want to insult Donald Sloan, but you know, want to you know, not a high profile signing, I'll put it that way. Yeah, if if Donald Sloan had been signed like two two weeks prior. It would have been like, oh my God, the Wizards, Donald Sloan, what's going? Wow, he's going to make the team. What does this mean? But the fact that it came when it did, I mean, to me, it screamed training camp invite right off the bat. And my sense, my my sense of the situation is is pretty much just that. I mean, there's really, you know, I mean, I I, I think I think Sheldon Mack and Daniel Oshefu, they still need to make the team, but I. I would be stunned, I think, if Donald Sloan was the one that beat them out, would be my uh, takeaway. Again, like you said, no disrespect to him. His Probably his best NBA career game came against the, the, the Wizards. But, you know, uh, you know, I know you, 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 the leader of the free Sato movement, recognizes that the, the, you know, they're already stuck, uh, stocked with a point guard, so it's hard to see how he would fit in, you know, regardless. Well, I do look at this, though, as a just another sign that I don't think they really even look at Sadoransky as a point guard. Uh, so, I mean, I look at bringing in Sloan, even though it's just a training camp invite, that, that I mean, it's really what they've been saying all along is that Sadoransky is, you know, plays multiple positions, a team of the two or the three. Um, I, I really think they are just looking at him as that and not as, you know, another point guard. So I think that for that reason, I think the Sloan – as it relates to Sadoransky, is a significant training camp invite just for that purpose, which is not a very significant issue for people other than me. Uh, but, you know, so at least there was some, some interest in seeing that. But, but yeah, it's a, dead, it's, a, it's a dead time of the – this is not a great advertisement for the uh, podcast, by the way. But it's a dead time of a uh, year for at least a few more weeks. It just goes it, – it, it, now, it now reflects on our ability to carry a show – when our leading topic, which was not the, which is not the uh, intention, but our leading topic is Donald Sloan, who I've already talked about in a previous podcast. It's a, it, it shows how good we can carry the conversation. So this reflects more on us than the uh, than the quote unquote podcast as as a uh, 
as a whole. Wait, uh, let me ask you one Donald Sloan question, and I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Donald Sloan, if if we go back to the trading deadline, and you know, a couple of days after the trading deadline, the Wizards signed Brandon Jennings. If I tell you that the Wizards could get Donald Sloan or Brandon Jennings, who would you who would you rather have? I enjoyed the Brandon Jennings experience, um, but. No, I mean, Sloan was actually pretty good. I think it was Indiana. Unless I'm getting the teams wrong, he had a run. I he, thought it was Indiana where he played. Uh, well, well, the game he had 31 points early in a regular season game against the Wizards. Pretty sure he was Indiana. The, John Wall had 31 the same game, and the Wizards won by a couple points. He basically played for, like, you know, four teams in four years, so, something like that. Something like that. But anyway, uh, yeah. he, played, he was in shot mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, he's he's a he's a poor man's Tim Fraser. Uh, I put it that way. Um, but but no, I like Jen, no, Jennings was okay. The defense was a little worse than I expected, but uh, you know, he gives a few highlights, and uh, probably more so than what Donald Sloan would have done. So you know, look, we're talking about man, you're bringing up bad memories. I mean, this is what hopefully Tim Fraser is here to to erase. So that that's really. Really, what hopefully Tim Frazier will be able to do. I, I bring it up because I have been. I was told by somebody that you know, Donald Sloan is playing for a team in China, and the deal typically overseas is, you know, they're playing until they don't, and once their various seasons are over, the guys overseas can become free agents. And we've seen this obviously many times over the years. Um, you know, James Singleton always comes to mind for the Wizards. Uh, will buying them a couple years ago, but once they become once their seasons are over, they can come back here. What I what somebody told me was that if Donald Sloan's team had not made the playoffs and sort of kept playing in the playoffs, that he was somebody that they were going to try to bring over. But instead, he kept going and going and going, and they landed on the Brandon Jennings uh, race car. Well, I'm I don't think it necessarily would have moved the needle. Uh, you know, caused any different outcome in in any of the uh, series, although maybe he could have done a better job covering uh, Jose Calderon than Brandon Jennings did in uh, games three and four of the Atlanta series. But I, I'd say the outcomes would still be, would still be the same. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I, the, the weirdest part about the whole Brandon Jennings thing is, and I can't believe we're wasting this much time talking about two dudes. It won't be on playing the alongside wall. So, yeah, well, this two dudes won't be on the team this year, but, uh, but uh, you know, Brandon Jennings—he lost his—he seemed to lose his cockiness in the Celtics series. And that seemed like his one advantage. Not that he was—not that that helps his defense or anything else. And sometimes it can make maybe make you a little bit, um, you know, you go go overboard. But like he seemed to lose his edge, and that was a, you know that you know that, that that was a key for him. And uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that seemed to you know hurt the Wizards down the stretch. I'm looking at Donald Sloan's defensive numbers. Kind of hard to say because he played on Brooklyn his last year, but you know he he's pretty much a a, a, a negative net rating player. Um, I mean his career his net rating is one hundred two versus one ten. Uh, so you know, but anyway, um, I yeah, I'm, but ultimately yes, it does remind us that Tim Frazier, knock on wood, should help solve this problem. But we've thought this before with some of these uh, with some of these type of guys, and it hasn't quite worked out. But um, uh, you never know. You 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 never know. Any um, so uh, I want to get into some schedule stuff here. We've talked about it. Uh, I, I talked about it at great length with Todd Dibus. And by the way, I guess I should mention if you want to m- catch up at the end of the podcast, go check out iTunes or anywhere you do your podcast. Look for the Locked On Wizards feed. Uh, again, Todd and I went through a whole bunch of things with the schedule uh, and so on last week. Anything for you jump out of it? Obviously, the, the highlight, you know, the Christmas Day game against the Celtics. They're opening up against the 76ers. Uh, we went through, like, you know, some of the key stretches of the season, specific matchups we were looking for, play, you know, must-see matchups, things like that. And anything that, uh, I don't know if you're looking at it in front of you, but just in general, I'm sure you, I know you studied it in great length at some point. Anything jump out of you that, uh, that you're excited about? Yeah, I think the Four-game road trip, you know, at the end of October, I think is interesting. It's something we've never seen before. And for a team that historically is very slow starting, I think that that would be an interesting – it can go one of two ways. It can be, well, they normally start the season two and six anyway, so 
why not take some of those losses against, you know, a Golden State and what should be a much improved, you know, Denver team, you know, as opposed to losing to an Orlando or or a Brooklyn, you know, in the, or if you go the other way, if they can start the season playing well for once and have a winning record and do that against some of these good teams, knock those that road trip out out very early, you know, that that helps later on. You know, in the season when they're normally going on those March road trips and those tough ones that people look at, you know, ahead of time and after the All-Star break and say, wait a minute, we have five of seven on the road where, you know, we need to win these games to, to stay in the you know, playoff contention. So it, it's, I think that'll be an interesting way to start the season and see if they can, for once, have a good start and, and also knock out some of those tough games. Uh, it also will give them an excuse. I mean, you lose to a Golden State, that's obviously, that would be expected. It's sort of like a win, you know, no-lose situation. You, you beat Golden State in, you know, game six, that's great. If you lose, you know, no one's expecting it. Uh, you know, game five, same thing with Denver, I'd say. Um, so, I, mean, I think that's interesting there. That tough road trips, I know you just, you know, November, December, where they're they're on the road for so many games, it's sort of the same situation where they're always playing poorly in November and December anyway. So, seeing how that can, that can play out. So, I mean, those are early on. I think that's sort of those two interesting interesting stretches that uh, I think it's almost 10, 10 road games and 10 out of 12 on the road at the end of you know, November and December, sort of the end of November through the beginning of, of December. Yeah. So I mean, that, that early road trip is, is definitely fascinating um, on, a, on a lot of levels. And just the fact that it's a four game, you know, West road trip that early is yeah, super, super weird. But I was looking at their schedule to try to figure out if I can, you know, go, you know, if I can figure out a, a, a good spot to go on the road early on, what, what's a good one? And then you look at it, the first four road games, like we said, the closest destination is Denver. So that's certainly not easy. The next one is Toronto, lovely city, but you know, uh, it is what it is. To be honest with you guys, I don't have my, my passport's not updated. I need to get, I need to update my passport. So, uh, uh, if you're looking for a freelance writer to cover the Wizards in Toronto, don't ask me right now. Uh, but I'll, I'll work on that. Uh, then after that, November 15th at Miami. That That's really the, I mean, you, you basically have to go a month into the season before the Wizards play a home game. Again, I'm sorry, play a road game that's sort of in, you know, I guess normal traditional closeness. And that's, you know, and that's not, you know, uh, you know, that's not drivable. If we're talking about ones where they can actually drive, I don't know if you can consider Charlotte a drive. That's November 22nd. They play at Philly November 29th. That's the, that's really the one where you're like, okay, that's sort of a, cl- a close road trip we could, like, go fi- go figure out. So I, I, that that seems odd to me that, we, that they have to go basically two months, two-plus months into the season before they have a road trip where, like, the local fans could actually go if you wanted to or, or local. And that – that Philly game, November 29th, they play in Minnesota the day before. I mean, they're in Minnesota on a, you know, it's a back-to-back uh, road game. So, you know, even that's not your normal, what you think of where you have sort of East Coast road trip where you have Philly and then a couple of days later you play Brooklyn or, you know, that type of thing. Um, yeah. But I think that, we're, I was going to say, I think there's a lot more balance at the back end. You know, last year there was those huge, huge stretch. I think it was 15 of the last 21 games on the road. This year, it's a little more spread out, you know, evenly, home and away at the end of the season, which is helpful as compared to last season, if you're assuming they're going to continue their home, you know, winning ways. Um, that's that's nice to see. Um, but just overall, it's, it's, it's more road heavy in the beginning, and, and that's that's been a the, the time of the year where they play poorly, and b the the location on the road where they play poorly. So, so it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting start because this is the first time they've had the expectation. I think probably I don't know maybe it's even been like 40 years where they've had the expectation of being a top three team going into the season. You know they they did once under uh, uh, you know under, I guess it was Eddie Jordan, before when they had the, the great start when Eddie was the uh, coach of the All-Star game. But coming into the season, it wasn't expected to be a top team. So this is the first time where the expectation is a top three team and and they're starting the season with those expectations. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they respond. 
will uh, will you and your partner in crime be going to the game at Charlotte November 22nd, which I assume is the day before Thanksgiving? It is the day before Thanksgiving. That's a tough one. I mean, I usually um, – and I think Thanksgiving actually is the – Redskins have a home game, right, Thanksgiving? Yes. Uh, it's a big, big D.C. The, the D, I, I, we talked about this in the last one. The D.C. – Holiday sports holiday situation is an utter well. It depends how you look at it. It's either fantastic, or you will be getting into a constant fight with your family because there are games on Thanksgiving, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, uh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> they both right. The Redskins. The Redskins play New Year's Eve, right? I think they play the thirty first. I don't have the Redskins schedule. New me. Year's Eve, Thanksgiving, and I want to say Christmas Eve. I prefer those. I, I, I like that. I'm I'm for it simply because, you know, occasionally you have something you have the TV on, and it's very rare that they have the national exposure. Well, so it's sort of nice to, to have the Thanksgiving uh, Christmas Day. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, for you and I, the Christmas Day itself does not mean that much other than, like, you know, we have to follow the holidays. But it doesn't, you know, we're, we're not stuck with uh, trees in our life. At least I'm not. I don't know exactly what your situation is. But, uh, no, I don't. I do not have. I do not have any trees. Uh, but uh, yeah, usually we're, the the games that are on are, are I guess, of more importance because you actually have a chance to watch them. Um, but you know, everything else is shut down on on, on Christmas, so that's that's always nice. Um, but yeah, I haven't looked at you know for road games. I mean, yeah, what you're saying, you got the uh, you know those away games aren't too good in the beginning of the season. And you look at the sort of the weekend games as options to travel. Um, you know, really the weekend ones are, are all, except for the Toronto ones, it's all Sacramento, it's the Clippers, uh, you know, Golden State, if you're talking about on a Friday, it's, it's really not until the end of January where there'd be an Atlanta game, which, you know, that's no, that's no fun. I went to uh, Atlanta for the playoff game, I guess game three, where Washington got destroyed, but it's not, I, I certainly wouldn't be going there for a regular season game. I don't think it would be very exciting venue or matchup no i i don't i don't think so um all right so so i did uh, i did some thinking on one particular particular topic that i wanted to get into it now that we are uh 20 minutes into the podcast uh let's get into this Uh, i i talked about in the last podcast i did with with todd on the schedule with todd dibus on the schedule um among the topics um we, we, I, I t- we talked about the uh, most interesting stretch or road trip, the litmus test games, uh, games I'd pay to watch but won't because I'm working, play and player I'll tune out Twitter to actually watch play, which Todd laughed at that notion that I would do that. Um, <laughs> but like I also wanted to yeah. look at like of the starting uh, for the Wizards starting lineup, who who are the what are the matchups that I'm really excited to see them play. So we'll go through that now. Now, as I did last time, I, I sp- specifically skipped anything with Cleveland and Golden State, right? I mean, that's as obvious. You know, John Wall against Steph Curry, duh, right? I mean, we get that. Uh, so I skipped those because that's just, you know, we're going to put those at the top regardless. And I went through a few other ones. Um, I will go, so I'll go through them now and you, uh, can, uh, I don't know if you want to grade me on, on my, uh, on the uh, you know, on the scale of one to ten, based on interest level or logic, you know, feel free to do so. Okay. Uh, we're going to start in the backcourt. We're going to start with the other sco- the other guard, but and that's not a disrespect. I just mean not John Wall, but Bradley Beal. Look, obviously, for all these guys, there's lots of interesting matchups. There's lots of two guards in the league. That we can imagine Bradley Beal going up against, like I said, no no Golden State, so no Clay Thompson. But you know, I think this is an interesting year for Bradley Beal. He made big strides last year, staying healthy. Obviously, was huge, but it wasn't just that. You know, he he was a, a rock star player at times this year. Yes, he wasn't an all star, but he definitely played at that level for a good chunk of the year, including the playoffs. I mean, he had some games in that Celtics series where he was just you know crazy on fire. That you know, Game Seven, he was. He, he had it going, uh, for a long time there. Uh, and so it feels like, especially with the way things are in the, in the East right now, you know, Jimmy Butler gone, Paul George gone, that some spots have opened up on the All-Star. But it's not just that. It's a question of, 
you know, wh- where does Bradley Beal rank among the, some of the best two guards in the East? And where, and in terms of the Wizards, you know, who, who they're competing against. So for me, I already mentioned, I just mentioned this game a moment ago. At Toronto, November 5th, Bradley Beal against DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, who was named to not just an, not just an all-star team, he was named to an all-NBA team this year. He, he and Bradley Beal are almost sort of opposite players on some level. DeRozan's jumpers, you know, not so good, but he gets to the bucket, gets to the free throws all the time. Bradley Beal, obviously the better shooter. He's improving at getting the free throw line, but he's not all the way there in terms of doing it consistently. To me, this is the matchup I want to see with Bradley Beal. How does he go up against a guy who's, um, you know, what? Is, is DeRozan arguably the, the best two guard in, in the East? Is that right? Am I, am I forgetting somebody? I mean, I'm not a huge DeRozan fan. Uh, he's, he's an incredible scorer. Um, you know, mid-range, mid-range stuff. But, yeah, he, he definitely – Beal has trouble guarding him. So that's a good way, like you're talking about a litmus test. You're looking for areas that Beal might have to improve. I mean, DeRozan seems to, at least in the regular season, you know, he, he just turns and can elevate, you know, over Beal. So that's one area where you could see that Beal, I think, could take it personally and say, you know, that's, that's sort of who he's going against. DeRozan certainly, whether he's better than Beal or not, he's certainly considered, you know, better you know, nationally in terms of the all-star games and in terms of, the national recognition, sort of in the way that Kyrie is considered better, not better than John Wall. It's, it's a little different just because John Wall is actually better than Kyrie, but it's sort of that same thing where I think nationally there's just this idea that DeRozan is better than Beal, and it's the same way that there's this Kyrie is, is better than Wall thing. So I think they play Toronto twice. So in, in, uh, two weeks in, in November. So I guess that on the road, that November 5th game, and then they play on November 19th again in Toronto. So those are two early games where that, yeah, I think that could be a good measuring stick to see if Beal is making that, that leap that he needs to make. And obviously, you know, it feels like, you know, we, we, you know, at least it's been in my head. So I'll assume that I'm thinking for everybody. So much focus has been on where do the Wizards match up with Boston and Cleveland, the two best teams, or the team, two teams are considered the teams to beat in the East. But, you know, Toronto is – look, if, if Toronto had finished fourth instead of the Wizards, maybe Toronto goes seven games at the Celtics and the Wizards get swept by Cleveland, right? I mean, I'm not saying that would have happened. But, you know, it's only because of how the standings broke that the Wizards avoided facing LeBron and company. Uh, so, yeah, we shouldn't overlook Toronto. I don't love their team either. I'm not – I mean, I've never been a huge DeRozan fan, you know, again, relative to the level we're talking about. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry obviously is a great player. I, Serge Ibaka has been a disappointment to me since he left OKC. And, uh, you know, to, whereas the Wizards stayed pat for the most part, other than picking up a few pieces on their bench, Toronto made a, f- a few, uh, you know, interesting moves. So, uh, you know, in general, it's an interesting matchup, but I think with the, yeah, Beal DeRozan to me, you know, it feels like, it feels like, you know, that, you know, that, that may be sort of the battle for the best two guard in the uh, Eastern Conference. Um, all right. Let's move on to Otto Porter, the $106 million man. Uh, NBA is littered with interesting small forwards, so you could pick a whole lot of situations. This one I went with a little more strategic, and that is against the Celtics, but not so much against Gordon Hayward or Jay Crowder specifically, but a little bit. Can he defend Gordon Hayward? Can he muscle with with, with Jay Crowder enough? You know, obviously Otto Porter is not the not the biggest dude in the world. Uh, that's an understatement of you know of the utmost. But uh, you know, can, can he hang in it with Jay Crowder if he bat, if he's banging him? But also, I think you know, last year we saw Boston at times would, would try to hide Isaiah Thomas defensively on Porter because you know. For the most part, Otto Porter was a, you know, a catch and shoot player. And so the, the Celtics, I think, w- thought they could and read probably rightfully so, you know, have Avery Bradley and, you know, Marcus Smart or, or, uh, you know, somebody like that just go up against Wall and Beal and Isaiah Thomas would, would, would sort of, you know, they would try to hide him over there. Well, let's see where is Otto Porter with that now. You know, the, the dribble drive game for him is really the next evolution for him. We see it here and there, but not enough consistently. 
if he can get that part of his game going in general, it opens up an entire other chapter for the Wizards offense. I mean, he can play more with the second unit when needed. You know, it, it means, you know, you've got just another another playmaker like that on the court. And again, in that specific matchup with Boston, it means if, I, if the Celtics want to try to put Isaiah Thomas over him, they'll, they'll get burned, uh, you know, or at least there's, a, there's more of a chance they'll get burned. That said, we've talked before about, like, uh, well, anyway, so anyway, I'll just leave it there. I'll, I'll, I won't uh, muck up my point here with another one. But so to me, Otto Porter, sort of, can he guard Hayward? Can he muscle Cratter? And can he take advantage of Isaiah Thomas guarding him? That's why for me, Otto Porter against the Celtics. And I think it's also important against the Celtics because because Washington stood pat and are counting on internal improvement, this really is, it's, it's Otto Porter is really the main guy who you're counting on that improvement from because of the contract. So, And this is the area where you need it. It's, it's against the Celtics like exactly what you said. He needs to be more than somebody who, who you could hide Isaiah Thomas on. So... Yeah, I think that that's a good measuring stick, but I believe the first game isn't until Christmas, right? Against Boston, it's the Christmas Day. I think that is the first game of the season against them. I believe that. Um, I believe that is correct. Yeah, so I guess that's for the NBA's purposes. That's a good, smart move to sort of you know keep it keep the the keg dry and look the, the power dry. So first game of the year. They're playing the Sixers. You know, if Ben Simmons is good to go, obviously it's going to be really, you know, there's so much intrigue with looking at the Sixers, but seeing what Ben Simmons can do, he didn't play at all last year because of an injury. Seeing what he can do would be uh, pretty pretty interesting. But by the way, before I forget, speaking of Ben Simmons, today I was uh, on baseball duty. I was covering the, the LA Angels against the Orioles in Baltimore. And so I was in the Angels locker room after the game. They won. And we're waiting for players. I'm looking around the locker room, and I realize that in almost every locker was a jersey of an N- of, a, of a NBA or a former NBA player. Like the, the starting pitcher that we talked to after the game was talking to us wearing a Scottie Pippen jersey. And so I asked around, I'm like, uh, "What's going on here?" And apparently, the Angels to start this road trip that they were have been on, they just finished. That like the theme of the road trip somehow with NBA jerseys and, and they, and they wore, they were only going to do it in the first series, but then they, I guess had a, had a winning series and they kept it going and they've been on kind of hot. Um, so anyway, so there was a Ben Simmons Jersey. I think it was a Mike Trout. It was a Mike, it was in Mike Trout's, uh, locker. Yeah. And he's a, you know, he's a, he's a Philly sports fan. Uh, other jerseys I saw, Akeem Olajuwon, somebody had, uh, somebody was wearing a, a Harlem Globetrotters jersey. Somebody had a Sean Kemp, a Spud Webb. There was a Joel Embiid. Uh, a bunch of other ones. I did not see any Wizards. I also didn't see any Lakers. But uh, as somebody there said to me, hey, it's not like these guys are from L.A. for the most part. So why would you think they would necessarily wear a, a home jersey? Which, of course, had me thinking of other things. But... I, I won't go into that one. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just thought that was interesting. It was like my worlds were colliding watching uh, all these baseball players wearing uh, NBA jerseys. Well, Simmons Simmons was the most, I guess it's two years ago now when he was in the summer league, he was the most impressive guy I saw in summer league. So I'm really, I'm, I'm hoping they're healthy that first week. So that, I think that's a great matchup. I mean, that's going to be crazy if he's playing point. Um you know, having John Wall covering Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons is is huge, and he handles and passes like a like a point guard. Uh, he shoots. Uh, last we saw him, he's awful shooting. So I mean, he's 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 sort of like a Rondo almost in terms of his shot. But that'll be interesting to see a John Wall against Ben Simmons if they're matched up. You know, at the point, I could see Fultz. I could see you know Beal covering Fultz and and Wall on Simmons. Uh, I don't know who the hell's going to stop Joel Embiid, but um, I don't know. That 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 first game is actually really. Uh, I think it's I think it's a fun way to start the season going against you know Philly at home. So I don't know. I mean, I think Simmons is going to be a point forward the way LeBron is. I don't know if he's technically the point guard though. Like I, I think they're going to have. I would think they'll have two guards on the court. I would assume that like Fultz and Redick. Fultz, I guess. I mean, unless they decide for the opening night that you know they're not ready for Fultz, so they go with you know the T.J. McConnell thing again, but. Um, 
but yeah, in any event, yeah, the Sixers I'm super excited for that game because of you know I'm I, I, in general I'm rooting for Philly to succeed. It, you know, it, it, overall, not necessarily this season, but just in general, because you know I, I think you know Sam Hinkie, genius of our time. People have uh, maligned him wrongly. He needs to uh, get he needs to, he needs to get rewarded for uh, for sticking to his convictions and saying no. The best way to be good is to suck. <laughs> um. Uh, all right. Who else? Yeah. What, what else you got? All right. Let's go to the the big man. I got Marching Gortat slash Jan Mahimi, and I'm gonna. St- I know this is sort of boring. I'm staying with the Celtics. Why is that? Because the Celtics, they've got big men that can go outside, and we saw that. I mean, it sort of lost. In the, it, it sort of felt like Al Horford shooting in that series was maybe overlooked a little bit in terms of all the other things that were happening. But he. I don't know. It was. That- 50-something percent. It was ridiculous. Every time he stepped back, he was raining a three. Um, I don't know. It was it was it wasn't lost on it wasn't lost on those Wizards fans. I mean that was that was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I just mean like if you think back at that series, I don't know if that's one of the things that necessarily sticks out uh, overall, uh, especially with the way the game seven worked out and Kelly Olynyk even among other things. But so where are we at with the Wizard with, with Gortat and Mahimi? I mean, you know. Yes, Marquise Morris can can play a sort of a small ball small ball five. Yes, Jason Smith can give you a, a a small ball five center in terms of his offense, but I don't know about so much about his defense. Is Mike Scott the answer? Do, do they think that Mike Scott can come in and, and defend enough on the perimeter to to um to guard a, a guy like Horford? I I don't I don't know if that's the case. Oh, no. well, I'm no. just. Just, you know, just, throw, just, <laughs> I know, I, just throwing out scenarios. So I'm just saying, so at the end of the day, in you know, uh, again, it's the whole thing, the whole season is not about the Wizards against Boston, but obviously they're a team they need to beat. And the thing that, one thing that Boston did very well, I don't know if the Wizards still have an answer for that, which is why for me, how March, how the Wizards deal with the Martin Gortat, Jan Mahimi against Al Horford. And I think even Aaron Baines can step out a little bit, uh, if I, if I recall. So, that that'll be that that to me is the interesting one for those two guys. We kind of get it against most of the other interesting centers in the league. Your Dwight Howard, your Isaiah Whitehead. You know, Gortat is either has you know it's a good matchup, it's not great, but they're at least sort of obvious. The Celtics one is interesting because of what they can do with their big men. Yeah, and it's sort of the same thing as actually. I mean, now that you're seeing like even Carl Anthony Towns, even Embiid, you're seeing a lot of these guys who are you know, real big guys who were stepping out, I guess, sort of cousins, uh, stepping out for threes. And that's sort of the same I- issue that Gortat and Mahimi, that's a huge question. There's a huge question of whether they're able to cover those mobile centers. I, I, you know, Mahimi said, I remember after the series, the Celtics series, he said that he, he, he it was not his best, you know, showing covering the, you know, uh, Olenek and, the, and he said, I can do better. I'm, 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 I can cover those guys out on the wing, the, the big guys who step outside. So, you know, he's aware of what the issues were. I don't think Ortat can do it. So, I mean, to someone has to be able to do it. You can't always go small with Marquise at the, the five because the fours, if you're going to play Otto at the four or Mike Scott or some times they play Ubre, I mean, they're, they're pretty small. They're pretty skinny at the four. They're, they're not great rebounders. And when you play Marquise at the five, you know, whoever comes in at the four. So it is a big deal, you know, the question of whether they can step out. And, yeah, I think the Horford, that showed it. I mean, that was – that was they killed him. They killed him not having someone who's a five. Jason Smith's really the only guy who has that mobility. And, and you know, that's – he doesn't get minutes. He gets squeezed out of the entire rotation. So, um so yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's an interesting point on the roster construction. You know, who, when you have that much money tied up and that much many minutes tied up at the center, but those two guys, to who you know, who, who's coming out and covering those mobile five? And you know, um, if, if I do want to include Cleveland, then obviously Cleveland can put Kevin Love at the five, and you have a similar situation because obviously he's a great three point threat. So you know, you'd have you know LeBron at the four. Marquise Morris has got to guard LeBron at that point, so you can't even go to that. So now it's like, well, what do you do? Do you go super small, play Otto Porter, you know, in that in that role, or you know, what, you know, what do you do? So yeah, the, so so how Scott Brooks can, you know, what wh- what he's done this offseason to conjure up a plan to deal with those two with those two matchups in particular, I think is definitely going to be 
among the more interesting. All right, uh, let's get to Markeith Morris. Uh, whenever I think of matchups for Markeith Morris, I typically think of I think of them in sort of like the boxing matchups. Not that not that we want to see fisticuffs, but sort of the tough guy on tough guy situation. But there was another thing I thought about with Markeith Morris, and that is, you recall last year he made a beef about how some Bleacher Report article ranked him, yeah. didn't, didn't even rank him uh, among power forwards. You remember that one? Yeah. Okay. Top 30 or something they were ranking. Yeah. So, so I Googled, wasn't there. so I was like Googling, I was Googling a list of power forwards to, to see who would I want to match up with Morris. First, I came up with one that the same, I think it's the same author, I assume, came up with at the halfway point. Morris is playing pretty well. By the way, he still wasn't on the halfway point article. I was like, all right, whatever. That's ridiculous. But then, so that, so the end of the year rankings came out. This guy had Markeith Morris 25th among power forwards. So my my matchup for Morris is going to be him against about 18 of these other guys who I don't necessarily know that I would 100% rank uh, above him. The ones who stand out in particular, like, okay, Dirk Nowitzki is 24. Dirk, that's a whole other deal. I'm not even picking on to Dirk. If you want to rank Dirk ahead of him, fine, whatever. Kenneth Fareed ahead of Markeith Morris. I, I don't even know if Denver wants Kenneth Fareed anymore. 22 Jim- well, they don't. Right. 22, Jamichael Green on Memphis. He's currently a free agent, but we'll assume he goes back. He was pretty interesting last year. Okay, I don't know, whatever. 21, yeah. Kylo Quinn of the Knicks. I, well, I like Kylo now, Quinn, that, but come on. I like him in Orlando. I thought he'd be a nice pickup if Washington got him when he was a free agent, but yeah, that's ridiculous. Um... Uh, okay, so here's another one. We're going to jump ahead. So some of these other ones are, you know, they got Harrison Barnes on this list, Derek Favors, Tobias Harris. All right, you know, I don't know, whatever. I, I mean, it's fine. Some of those guys are good. I, I really have an, too much of an issue, we can argue. But, you know, it's, it's whatever. Number 15, Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson. Now, granted, this list I presume was done before the Wizards and Celtics played in the playoffs. But uh, Amir Johnson, who Boston – was trying to get out of the lineup because they couldn't figure out who to have as their fifth starter between him or Gerald Green. They just kept taking guys out because they didn't like any of them, because in part because Markeith Morris was like a problem for them. That that guy they have ten spots ahead of Markeith Morris. Yeah, I mean at this point the matchup I want to see is Markeith versus the author of those articles uh, in a verbal, not a physical conversation, not a physical conversation, a verbal, uh, conversation, just to have him explain himself to Marquis' face. Uh, yeah. Number, number 14, Ryan Anderson. I mean, look, Ryan Anderson's a hell of a shooter, but you know, super duper one dimensional. Um, number 11, Thaddeus Young, who I like, I don't know. Is he better than Marquis Morris and 14 spots better? He used to be. He used to be much better. His role has been diminished, so it's sort of hard to tell. But he was, you know, at, at his peak, he was uh, he was pretty good. But yeah, his his he's sort of been phased out of every you know the teams he's been on now. But but you know he, he, he's good. Yeah, I mean he's okay. I don't know. Okay, so number uh, you know some Serge Ibaka's ten. I mean, I'm not a big Serge Ibaka guy, but okay. Number eight is Gorgie Jang. On Minnesota, ha, ha, what? Am I missing something here? How is Gorgie Jang? What's the date? What, what's the date on this article? Are you sure it's definitely from the end of this season? April tenth, twenty seventeen. Okay, okay. Hello. Uh, that's not. That doesn't make sense. Hold on, I got to bust out of the article. Uh, a, uh, a a a pop up came up. Pretty much everybody after that is like guys who are basically all stars. Whatever. So yeah, I I mean. Yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I tell people in general, don't give, don't credit Bleacher Report too much. Like, if you, if you come to me and you tell me the Bleacher Report ranks somebody this, that, or the other, I'm going to completely dismiss you. Yeah. You tell me Howard Beck was the author of the article, <laughs> right? I mean, you don't know who these people are. Uh, similar, similar goes with other sites that we, we, we are familiar with where you don't quite know who the heck is making the statements. So don't look at the, at the, at the masthead and just assume it means anything. But that, but, but some of these are particularly egregious. But anyway, so there's like five or six guys that are against Markeith Morris this year. Everybody who I just said who is who seems clearly not better than him, uh, or you know, those are the matchups. I'm ready for Markeith Morris. I may have to t- I may have to print this list off 
and show Markeith at some point, or at least maybe show Scott Brooks so he can tell Markeith Morris um, before some um, before some uh, big game. Well, he's he's got Millsap in the third game of the season, so the first road game will be uh, uh, you know Millsap again. So that's that's one of the you know obviously that was the big matchup in the in the playoffs. Absolutely. That was getting some, some press. So that's 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 actually a, more, a featured Marquise matchup uh, early on, early on in the season. Absolutely. No, you got you got, on that road trip. Plus, plus you got him going to go against Draymond Green. So that's another fun one. Um, so yeah. So uh, so uh, yeah. So some good ones there for him. All right. Last but not least, we have the point guard. I mean. You know, it's a who's who in the NBA these days. If you're just looking point guards that you could pick for John Wall, even if I eliminate Golden State and Cleveland, right? You could you could say Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving will probably not be on Cleveland by by the, by the time the season starts. So whatever team he's on, you got out of you. Damian Lillard, uh, Kemba Walker, Alonzo Ball's coming into the league, uh, Kyle Lowry, lots of different options. I'm picking none of them. Okay. I'm picking none of them. For me, the John Wall matchup I want to see is against Giannis Antetokounmpo because the forget forget point guard. The question is who is the second best player in the East right now? For assuming we're giving it to LeBron, right? I would argue that the answer is John Wall. Like like you said, some people would probably say Kyrie, but I think you know. I'm looking at the not just it's not just about John Wall's the player here. It's not a homer pick or anything. John Wall's like if I was starting a team, I would rather have his type of player as my guy than than Kyrie. Um, you know, he's more of that shucker, not necessarily gonna make other guys around him better. So John Wall, but so I would say John Wall's the second best player in the East. One week, two weeks into the season, the answer might be Giannis. I mean, he you know, he is the freakiest of the freaks. If you tell me aliens live among us, he's one of those guys you might have to look at twice. Um, you know, he and he's still super young. He still hasn't harnessed everything. But last year, you could see. Well, you can't even see where the ceiling is on him. But you know, there. You know, it's not inconceivable that Giannis, in a couple of years, is in that conversation for like, you know, who's the best player in the NBA when LeBron starts to uh, take take a step back. But for next year. It's sort of like, who's that second best player? And here's the other part of this, Adam. LeBron James, I don't know if you've heard this rumor in the, out there in the world. There are some people who think he may leave Cleveland and go to Los Angeles. The, the, either the Lakers or the Clippers, those teams play in the West. So hypothetically, if that were to happen, then either Wall or Giannis could be, by, by the following season, be considered the best player in the East. The Wizards and Bucks play four times. You know, head-to-head matchup in and of itself won't determine who's the best. But that's what I want to see. John Wall against Giannis. Let's see who really is in those head-to-head matchup. Who really is for the second-best player in the East? Well, Giannis has the potential. He's obviously a, he has a higher ceiling than Wall simply because of his physical attributes. The one thing is he's incredible. I love watching him play. Giannis is, is great. But he is not yet, and he's young, this may happen, but he's not yet at the point where he's making his teammates better. The things that he does, which are incredible, are individual plays. He still, those turnaround fadeaways are still, you know, generally that they're not going in. His isolation, you know, scoring is still not that great, but the potential is there to just be, you know, incredible. But that's really where... The one area Wall has him in is that he's he's polished to a level where he can be a the best player in terms of leading a team. Where Giannis is not yet a team leader, he may become a better player, but we don't know yet whether he can evolve. But so yeah, I think that is the, the that's the concern with how how good Giannis can can be. Um, when I say concern, I'm just saying for Washington's place in the Eastern Conference because really you you look at I think Milwaukee is that team that that can move forward because they also had injuries, which they're well. I guess the Achilles tear. I guess not everyone's I mean, Chris Middleton will be back at the beginning of the year, but they they they're going to have 
a chance to even, you know, push push to maybe even be in the top three or four, depending on how, what kind of leap Giannis makes. So yeah, that, those two guys I think I would put as the the heir to the to the Eastern Throne when when LeBron goes to LA. And I'm saying when, not if. I'm saying when he goes to the next year. Um, those those games are always fun to watch. Yeah, um, I. <laughs> From like a fun standpoint, if Kyrie gets traded, depending where he goes, I can make an argument for that against the wall, in part because it feels like Kyrie wants what wall has, with the irony being, of course, Kyrie's been in the three straight finals and something wall yearns to get to. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, it's hard to see where Kyrie's going at this point. So put that aside. Yeah, the, the I think the Bucks are interesting. Giannis is you know, such a, such a freaky guy. And, uh, yeah, to me, that, that's why that one just stands out to me. It's, you know, we've reached a point with John Wall. We get it. He's one of the three, four, five best point guards in the league. We can have that debate till we're blue in the face, but the second best player of the East one, I think is more intriguing. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, I think these head to head matchups could be, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the difference in this, in, in, in a, in a, in an award that doesn't actually exist in a vote that will never happen. The second best player in the East might be decided when those two guys play. Well, I, to just to add one more to Wall, the one game, although I'd love to see him against, it'll be interesting seeing him against Lonzo so early in the season. You know, two out of the first 12 games are against Lonzo. That'll just be, you know, with all the hype around it, it's interesting. But for me, it's the, I guess, the sixth game of the season when they play Sacramento, when he plays against Fox. Because he seems, just seeing him in the summer league, he seems, Pretty cocky, you know, pretty sure of himself. And, uh, you know, I, I think he knows, you know, knows Wall. Um, I think, didn't, I think Wall was saying how he thinks he would be the best rookie this, you know, in the class. Um, and it was always interesting seeing Wall go against Eric Bledsoe and, you know, guys who he knows who he's played with, um, and, and sort of seeing the back and forth and they go at each other. So I, I think, I bet you Fox is, would want to, make a name for himself or, you know, he's going to get up for that game. It'll be, it's interesting to see how Wall plays against uh, those younger guys that want to sort of teach a lesson to in a good-natured way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, the, the the Lonzo Ball one in particular for me, but, yeah, I'm with you on Fox. It's obviously <clears throat> an interesting one, a Kentucky guy. Fox is coming with a ton of ton of hype. He he he, he, he mentioned John Wall at Vegas. Um, uh, you know, about one of the guys that's helped that's reached out and helped him out. So absolutely some interesting stuff there. All right. So rather than go through even some other things I have on my list, I say we just end it here because, uh, you know, one, you, you've got to go, uh, you know, get ready for the rest of your life, meaning whatever you got to do tomorrow. And, uh, you know, people, you know, I don't know what, what, we, what we need to save up some more. Cause as we just discussed, there's not a ton to discuss. There's not a ton going on these days. So we're going to have to be creative, but by we, I mean me, but obviously you are welcome back uh, anytime to discuss whatever you want to talk about. I, I gave you, I said to you, what do you want to talk about? And uh, you know, if you come up with other topics, what did it, um, I want to tell you that's your job. Uh, you, you, I, it's August. What do you want me to come up with topics for? And why? if I could give a suggestion I'm saying in, in post, in post editing, you might want to tighten up uh, maybe some of the Donald Sloan conversations. If anybody's gotten this far in the podcast, I'm hoping they'll put them through all the Donald Sloan. I don't know. Well, uh, do, speed, do one of those cartoon speed things through there. Look, if you're listening to a Wizards podcast in August, you're down with Donald Sloan conversations. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so anyway, all right. We'll, we'll end it there. Uh, Mr. Rubin, thank you very much. I don't think I mentioned your uh, Twitter handle uh, here since you've been on, but it is at Liddell's Place on Twitter. Hit Adam up with all of your. Uh, yeah, we should do a Liddell Eccles podcast at some point. I I I I I, I wasn't a, fa- a fan enough to put his name in my Twitter, but uh, you know, I definitely enjoyed his game. By the way, if you pull up Adam's Twitter uh, uh Twitter account on the Twitter dot com, you look at his picture, you will see it's a picture of John Wall with the media around him, and you see me right there in the front, grinning like a fool. Maybe that's a picture that's in the NBA 2K game that, uh, that that they would use, and in that case, I would be in the game. Yes, you are. You are featured unintentionally, but featured uh, very heavily in the in my the, the Twitter uh, the banner picture. 
Uh, it's always weird when like you look at somebody else's account and you see yourself. It's like, whoa, what the hell's going? What is going on here? Um, all right, man, cool. Well, I appreciate it. We will uh, we will talk soon. Uh, let me. We'll have to uh, figure out the next uh, uh, dinner locations. You guys help us me expand my food horizons. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Reminder again: check out all the podcasts on iTunes wherever you do your podcasting. More locked on wizards to come. So subscribe. You won't miss any of them. But for now. Well, that'll be it. So until next time, see you. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive, long shot. Dagger!